everybody. This is Heba and Katerina from Los Angeles, and you're listening to the Lost and Found podcast, the podcast that inspires, educates, and motivates people like you. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Lost and Found, and today we're going to be talking about the book. Dun 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 da attached. And this book is by Amir Levine and Rachel Heller. But this book is really special to me. I don't know if you've actually read it or not yet, Kat, but uh this book I truly believe has followed me for the past five years. And I honestly was avoiding reading this book. Avoidant attachment. Just kidding. I am not. But um, that is one of the attachment styles. But this book personally is a book that um, an old scientist I used to work with recommended to me about five years ago. And then two years ago, I was on a trip in Mexico and my and my one of my really good friends brought this book along and I'm like, oh wow, like that's so funny. I've seen this book. I actually have it. I own it, but I've never read it. And then last but not least, um, a year ago, my friend and I went to Cabo and again, she brought the book and I was like, you know what? This book is probably chasing me for a reason and I think it's time for me to read it. So um, I highly recommend everybody. Like, I think this book should be in school. Like, I think it should be a mandatory book to read so that we can understand our attachment styles better so we can navigate life better. Yeah. And this, I mean, I haven't read it myself yet, but I do remember you bringing it up a lot over the past year, year and a half. And um, making such a point to kind of educate me and some of our friends around the different attachment styles. And um, since then, I've gotten to take like little quizzes online that kind of show what kind of attachment style we have. And I've started to dig deeper into the different types. And it's actually very fascinating because um, I think some of it like stems obviously from our childhoods and then also just our experiences and our relationships. And it has such a huge impact on the way that we interact in our relationships and the impact that that has on our partners and how we show up um, in those relationships. So it's really fascinating and I'm excited that we get to focus on them. I know that you obviously are going to be leading this conversation mostly because you have read the book and know it so well. Um, but there are the three types of um, attachment styles. And today we're going to be focusing on one of them, which is specifically the anxious attachment style. Um, so Heba, do you want to just get into like what the three are and then which one we're focusing on today? Yeah. So the three different styles and our adult attachment um, styles are secure, anxious, and avoidant. And so basically, secure people just feel more comfortable with intimacy. They're more warm and loving. Anxious people crave intimacy. 
and they're often preoccupied with their relationships. They tend to like worry a little bit more about their partner's ability to love them back. And then avoidant attachment is typically people who equate intimacy with a loss of independence and they try to minimize closeness and essentially disengage or disattach. Um, and yeah, they also just kind of, uh, don't, don't really deal with conflict. They just cut off. So those are the three different attachment styles, secure, anxious, and avoidant. And again, I think this needs to be in our education system and something that we discuss early on so that we can bring more awareness, um, into how to navigate our own, our own styles. But, um, again, I think we're going to just focus solely on anxious attachment because um, they're all very different. Secure attachment and avoidant attachment are – they're they're very different in the way that like we act and react in, in relationships, friendships, and so on and so forth. So we're going to dig deeper into anxious attachment today. Yeah, and one thing that you said when we were talking about this episode that I found so – so interesting was that when we're in a relationship, if two people have like a similar attachment style or like completely polar opposite attachment styles, that will also affect or sometimes bring out different um, types of attachments and reactivity within a relationship. So like if you have an anxious person with an avoidant person that could probably cause a lot of issues in a relationship and make it a little bit more difficult um, to understand one another. Whereas if you have like an anxious partnered with like a secure attachment, then potentially that could lead to like more healthy communication styles, but also bring out um, different, I guess, like problems within the relationship um from one or the other but again it all comes down to communicating and making sure that you're being very vocal about what you need in a relationship and we're definitely going to dig a lot deeper into that but just starting off with someone who's never really heard of an anxious attachment what do you think the key um ways of identifying that as an attachment style would be. So the biggest thing is the worrying portion. So noticing that you're 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 not receiving um, or being able to reciprocate the feelings of what you're expecting from your partner. So always tending to like maybe worry more about the, your partner's ability to love you um, is something that's really big for an anxious attachment. And it's pretty like, it's interesting because you have to take a minute to really reflect and you can actually take a quiz online or in the book as well. Um, But it's interesting just to see how we respond to different situations. And it's you, if you become more aware with how you're responding and you're like, oh, you know, like, why aren't they texting me back in five seconds? Like, wait, what's going on? Or why is my friend not calling me back in the next hour? And so, again, there isn't like a right or wrong way of of um, having different attachment styles. It's just more of us navigating 
what works best for us and identifying how we are right now and where we'd like to be. But overall, anxious attachments are um, preoccupied Mm -hmm. with making their relationships solid and they're constantly seeking reassurance from their partner. So that's, that's the biggest thing, like the seeking reassurance. Yeah, I think that I guess one way that you could look at maybe when we talk about like labels and stuff like that, um, when you think like your friend is, a, you can say like in a lighthearted and positive way, like my friend is a little bit more like needy, maybe like somebody who just needs a little extra attention, a little extra reassurance, like somebody who just um, maybe wants a different level of like communication and frequency to that communication, let's say. Um, I, I definitely, you know, I think over time also we can learn to move from one style to the next. So I think that over time I've definitely seen myself kind of move from anxious into like avoidant attachment styles and then coming into more of a secure attachment style over time. But I think it's really interesting because um, like when we were talking about how if you are dating or have a friend who might be avoidant, that can bring out the anxious in you because then you can start kind of asking these questions of, well, why aren't they responding to me? Or did I do something wrong? Is somebody upset? I know also anxious um, attachment style people are very sensitive. So Mm -hmm. they are like pick up on like, emotional cues or even if somebody's like facial expression changes um during a conversation let's say then they can become very sensitive to kind of that atmosphere and think like oh did I say something to offend you or did I say something that you didn't agree with and like kind of are very like think heavy in their mind um yes yes and I think you mentioned such a good point because different people do bring out different sides of us out. So for example, like the probability of people on dating apps overall, they're, they're typically more avoidant. So, um, the probability of meeting somebody who's more secure is less probable than meeting somebody who is avoidant. Um, and so society has moved into, I think in general has moved in this direction of finding it easier to just be avoidant. Um, but again, if you're going through the dating scene and you're somebody who's secure, you can absolutely get kind of like tears down a bit and become a little bit more anxious or even avoidant because of what you're experiencing on the dating apps or, or trying to like, you know, meet people and then they're just not texting back or they're ghosting. And that's again, really normalized in our generation and in our time. So, Um, you also mentioned a super sensitive attachment system. And I think one really positive thing about, um, having an attachment, a sensitive attachment system is that you can basically figure out when a relationship is threatened and you get this clear indication from your partner that he or he or she is there for you 
in that that relationship is or isn't safe. So I think it's really interesting because some people are like, oh my God, like I, I just feel like, you know, I feel like this isn't working or I feel like I'm in a relationship where I don't know how to navigate it. And sometimes it's, yeah, you can communicate through that with your partner, depending on what type of attachment system they have. But um, I think there is like pros and cons to to every attachment style. But I think that is a good thing to, to think about in terms of like, oh, I'm able to um, identify that this could be an issue. And so I actually should like pull back from the situation and recognize that I have the ability to to walk away right now and not keep keep on entertaining this. Yeah, and I think like we always kind of come back to like this is just another tool that can be used to become more aware and like you said identify what who we are as individuals and kind of what we need within our relationships. I think this could also be used as a tool to kind of understand more deeply and be validated for the ways that we act within our relationships. Um, And it is completely normal, like, to have these types of styles. And it's even if you're anxious or avoidant and you're working towards that more secure attachment style, like you said, there's strengths in each of them. So you can have a strength of being more sensitive. You can also bring, if you're in a, an anxious attachment, I think as long as you can clearly communicate what you need within a relationship, um, like I would say, like my partner is um, like, we just did a quiz together and I was, I came out as like a secure attachment. My partner came out as anxious attachment. And one thing that I've learned within our relationship, just based on their needs is the fact that like more frequent communication is important and also seeing one another is more important and also being very like, clearly communicating feelings and like reassuring that the relationship is not harmed by like, let's say like, like, you know, small like tiffs here and there, like just clearly outlining, like, this is how I'm feeling. However, like, you know, I'm, I'm still here for this relationship. I care about you nonetheless. And like, we're working through this together. It's made me a much stronger communicator because I think um, as being a little bit more like secure. And I think that's happened over time. I was never just like as secure as I I happen to be now. Um, sometimes I don't feel the need to communicate as much and I don't feel the need to like check in as much, but that that's taught me to act like in a certain way to ensure that both myself and my partner are completely comfortable within the relationship. I love that. That's such a great example. I think that's very real world, especially because, again, there needs to be a subject in school about this because it's so important to understand what type of attachment styles we have individually. And then if we're in a relationship as well, 
how do our partners function and what does their attachment style look like and how can I make sure that I'm providing certain needs to the table and that they're meeting my needs as well. So um, I think this is a tool that we can use to better our relationships and um, it's a really great discussion to have because like you mentioned, Kat, like if your partner just needs, you know, more communication, then that gives you the ability to step in and just add in that extra communication. And it's really not going to be like the end of the world. And it's because, you know, you understand what your partner needs and your partner understands what you need and understands your individuality as well. So I think that's a, you know, such a real world example. And um, I think overall, like another pro with anxious attachments is that they follow their gut and they really do have like the best coping mechanism of turning things around and teaching it into something that's more of a growing experience. So it's more easy to be reflective compared to other attachment styles. Um, But again, there are ways in order to navigate how to become more secure. And I think it's just by identifying the differences between each attachment style that can at least open up our mind to realize that, hey, we can head in this direction. But what are some of the things that I need to do? Like back in the day when I was in college, I would definitely say that I was more of an an anxious attachment. And over the years, I've definitely become more secure. Something I'm constantly working on definitely can still have my anxious tendencies as well. But um, I think it's really, really important to know what secure looks like. So I have a goal in mind of where I want to get to. Um, And if that means like me needing to, you know, have that constant communication, is that something that I can provide for myself? Is meditating going to help me get there? What what does that really look like? And Kat and I will dig deeper in, in later episodes on what that really looks like. But I think it's just important to, number one, identify where you are right now um, on these different attachment styles and get a good idea of what that looks like because we can bring more awareness into our lives today and figure out what the goal is. Yeah, exactly. And like when you talk about bringing mindfulness into your everyday life to kind of maybe fill in the gaps in some places where you feel like um, you're not being completely fulfilled. And I think there's so many ways that, um, like anxiety can be eased within like as an individual and within a relationship. And it all usually does come down to kind of doing like the inner work and focusing on the self and like developing that individuality and independence. And so I think like you mentioned, there's things you can do to just ensure that everything is like on your side and conspiring to ensure that like your experience is the healthiest one possible. So communicating like values and needs to your partner and being expressive around that and making sure that there's a communication plan with your partner that makes you feel confident and comfortable and safe within the relationship I think also practicing detachment, um, as difficult as that might seem, but I think that ensuring that and like you don't completely rely on your friends or your partners or family to 
be your only source of like social circles or activities or hobbies or interests or anything like that and making sure that you're developing that individuality. Um, And then one thing that I also read about today was not resorting to protest behavior. So sometimes like if we are upset with our partner that can sometimes lead to like giving the silent treatment or like purposefully not um responding to them like within a specific time frame or like not picking up the phone etc so like just kind of also acting in the same way that like for an anxious attachment that would make them go a little bit insane. Um, and, and so not, not allowing yourself to then act that way as like a protesting behavior to, um, feeling upset or hurt in a relationship. Definitely. I think, I think that's so important because then we can figure out what we need, what our expectations are, how we can make sure that's aligned from our partner and then just effectively communicating and, and making sure we're on the same page. Um, I think that's so important. We'll leave you with this, this, uh, this quote, which I think is the objective and the goal, which is, um, I can't pronounce this person who said this, but, um, if you are depressed, you are living in the past If you are anxious, you're living in the future. If you are at peace, you are living in the present. And I I think overall the objective and the goal is to reach this state of mind where we are present and heading more towards, you know, whatever attachment style that we want to head towards. But this plays such a big role in our personalities, who we are and what we bring to the table. But I think just connecting it back to mindfulness and being present is always a great reminder. Such a good reminder. Thank you.